Hey, well, good morning, good evening, good good night, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this podcast. My name is Philip, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. Uh, this is our Journey Through Scripture uh, series. This is uh, loaded on a Tuesday, so I hope you had a good uh, weekend and your week has started off uh, well. Uh, this Tuesday and Thursday, so uh, today and on Thursday, we're going to be looking at Genesis 19 and 20, uh, you know, with the focus obviously on uh, chapter 20 um, with the Ten Commandments. Um, but the, these are the, the foundational understanding of, of God and the law that He has given us. Um, and and I, I feel like we do need to spend a little bit extra time uh, on this, and I encourage you uh, to, to read through slowly and to really think about um, what, what this means and how it impacts us. Uh, so if you hadn't had a chance, I encourage you, uh, pause this, uh, take a moment, read Genesis chapter 19 and chapter 20, and then come join us. All right, so last week we finished in Genesis chapter 18 uh, with uh, Jethro, the priest from Midian, uh, who uh, came and, and helped kind of organize the, the people and they created this uh, you know, a system where they could judge the, the problems that people are having uh, together. Um, and, and now we find the people uh, getting uh, to Mount Sinai. Um, and so they're beginning to uh, approach uh, the mountain. Um, this is a, a, a very important time. You know, this is now Moses has kind of come full circle, if you will, right? Uh, where he was uh, speaking to God through the burning bush. Um, now the people are back in that same area and they're about to hear from God again. Um, chapter 19 is kind of the setup, if you will, to uh, the Ten Commandments, the God giving the Ten Commandments. And it, it really shows the importance. I don't, I don't think we can um, underplay how important the Ten Commandments are uh, to, to people of faith, uh, but to the world, uh, they they truly have transformed uh, the world, and they have brought so much good into the world. Um, whether people believe in God or not, if they will follow the Ten Commandments, that brings good into the world, um, and it's a they're they're just a powerful set of of principles and understandings uh, of of our relationship with God, and our relationship uh, with each other. And there in chapter 19, um, uh, the, Moses went up uh, to God and the Lord called to him uh, from the mountain. says, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. It says, you yourselves have seen what I did to, uh, did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. So... Important to, to understand, God didn't just bring the people out of Egypt to set them free. He brought them out of Egypt to bring them to himself, to, to uh, be able to use them to be a messenger to the world around them, right? That it, it wasn't just about freedom. Uh, that's, that was a very important aspect of freeing them from slavery, but it was freeing them for a purpose. God wanted them to, uh, to, to become more like him, to enter into a special relationship with him. Uh, it continues on, it says, although the whole earth is mine, right? so God is acknowledging that all of this is his, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
Uh, so he is calling on them to be holy, to choose to, to follow and to respond to, to God's teaching. Um, and that's a call to all of us as well, that we can choose to be holy, to, to live according to God's purpose and desire. Uh, and I want to say, you know, a couple weeks, or I guess last Tuesday, I spent some time talking about the importance of the, and the idea of freedom and that God does desire for us to be free. And I believe that that applies um, to, to nations to be free, that we should value freedom. Um, but there is, there's more to just being free, um, that there is a responsibility that comes with that, um, that if we want to maintain that freedom, uh, that we we need to live according to the principles of God, right? That is how we maintain that freedom. Uh, there was a uh, a French um, uh, philosopher, and uh, he was he was uh, talking. Let's see, there it is, uh, Alexis de uh, to to I know I'm butchering that. My French, I, I'm not up on my French pronunciations, so we're just going to call him Alex. Um, and he wrote a book, it was called Democracy in America, and he was dealing with this issue of freedom and liberty. And he said this, he says, whoever seeks in liberty anything other than liberty itself is born for servitude. In other words, while, while liberty is magnificent, the only thing liberty guarantees is liberty, not goodness, not morality, not integrity. Liberty must be accompanied by higher values because liberty alone will lead to moral chaos and ultimately servitude. Now, I think that's very important to understand um, because that is the foundational foundation of our country, but I believe that's uh, based on a biblical understanding of freedom and, uh, and uh, adhering to a higher moral uh, authority, right? That you you need both, or you're going to to lose both. Uh, and I, I think that speaks a lot to some of the the craziness and the chaos that's going on around us now. Is that we desire to have freedom, but in our secular society, uh, in many ways, we have turned the back uh, our back on looking at a a higher moral authority. Um, and and you can't have both. And and it's interesting if if you only want freedom without a higher moral authority, it actually leads to uh, uh, servitude. Um, that's that's something we see. That's that's a natural state uh, of human nature. Um, and so while we should uh, be standing up for freedom, we also have to at the same time stand up for basic biblical values and. Uh, aspiring to a higher set of morals that we see here in the Ten Commandments. Um, and we see that throughout history, right? Uh, that uh, the, the more secular and further away from God a country becomes, the less free they always become. Um, and uh, it's something that, that we experience uh, to a certain extent here, uh, and it's something that, that as Christians uh, we need to affirm both, both the importance of freedom uh, but that with that freedom comes a, uh, a desire to seek and to follow a higher moral authority that is found in God and God alone. And uh, so we see that uh, starting in, in uh, chapter 19. That's, a, that's very important to understanding what's going on here with the uh, Ten Commandments. Uh, 
the, Moses is talking to the people. He's telling them all this. And then the people respond together. He says, we will do everything the Lord has said, right? So they're, they're in a good place. They're happy right now. They're not grumbling. They've had plenty to eat, plenty to drink. So they're like, okay, that sounds, that sounds great. Uh, so they're in the, in the mode for listening to, to God, which is, which is good. Uh, and then God starts kind of laying out how important this is. And if you read there through chapter 19, you get a glimpse of, of, of the magnitude of what is to come. Uh, there in verse 12, it says, put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. Now that phrase to be put to death, that's used quite a bit here in, the, uh, in, in Exodus to, to basically explain how important something is. Um, we'll, we'll get to some of the laws and things like that that will say, will connect, be put to death. And, uh, and there's actually no indication that anyone was ever put to death for breaking that law. But what it's doing is it's elevating the importance uh, of that. And I'm not saying that someone wouldn't have died if they would have passed the barriers. Uh, but this, that's a, a way of uh, explaining that, hey, this is extremely important. So you're not even supposed to come close to this mountain because God is going to be on this mountain and it is going to be holy ground uh, and he is going to be delivering something to you uh, that, that is uh, unbelievable great and more, than you can, more important than you can even imagine. And so we, we have the, the people gathered there um, and then it's on the, the morning of the third day there was thunder and lightning with the thick cloud over the mountain and the very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Right? I mean, just the, the build-up to this is, is incredible. Um, and, and it reminds us uh, of how life-changing this is going to be. Um, and, you know, we, we've grown up, if you're listening to this and, uh, in the United States, we've grown up with a, with a basic understanding of the Ten Commandments, right? That's kind of the, the framework of, of, uh, of our legal system. Um, and so it's kind of second, second nature to us. But it's important for us to remember that this was, this was revolutionary. This was something that was totally different. There were lots of things about the Ten Commandments that were unique to history. Um, you know, it, it was the, it's the only covenant relationship between a deity, between God and his people, that there is a, a covenant relationship that is bound in this. Um, usually that's, that's not, not the case. This is a, a relationship that is being developed between God and his people. We also see that uh, this is one of the first things where the focus is not just on the, the people's relationship with the ruler. Right? That's typically what these sets of commands would be. It basically just dealt with, okay, here, you're the peasants. Here's how you need to deal with the ruler. No, the Ten Commandments go beyond that. It talks about the relationship we have with, with God, with the ruler, but it also uh, lays the foundation for interpersonal relationship. Like it matters how we treat others. That was something that was very new, right? That that was elevated to this place of importance. That the way that you treat others is just as important as the, as the way that you interact with God. Um, and in fact, it flows from how you interact with God leads to how you interact with other people, that those are all wrapped into one. Um, that's very important. 
Um, it it, uh, it ex- expanded uh, more than just religion, but to how we actually live our life. Um, and again, this is about uh, bringing goodness into the world. Um, and this is the, the Ten Commandments and the idea of the Ten Commandments are actually uh, an affront to evil. Right, that uh, that there are those who would prefer just not to not to have the Ten Commandments as a basis. This this was interesting. I was just reading about this, and again, to me, this just explains the the importance and and that the Ten Commandments of how they fly in the face of evil and and how they are a threat to evil. Um, you have uh, one of the things that we see that Hitler wrote about was uh, his basic hatred of the idea of the Ten Commandments. And, and he would, would uh, use Christianity and religion where he could, uh, but there was, a, there was a line in one of the songs that the Hitler youth would sing. It said, uh, we are the joyous Hitler youth. We do not need any Christian virtue. Our leader is our savior. The Pope and rabbi shall be gone. We want to be pagans once again, right? This idea of getting rid of this religious uh, idea that is is uh, found foundation is rooted in the Ten Commandments. Uh, uh, Hitler a couple times made some some comments about that. He says the Ten Commandments have lost their validity. The struggle for world domination is fought entirely between us, between the Germans and the Jews. Right? To, he saw that the Jews brought in this idea of the Ten Commandments, and that kept him, uh, if you will, from, from dominating the world. Now that's an extre- extreme example. I, I do understand that. But it shows how the Ten Commandments uh, are, fly directly in the face of evil, and they are designed to bring good into the world. And even if you don't believe in God, if you follow the basic premise and principles of the Ten Commandments, the world is going to be a better place. Right? Because it brings good into the world. And so we see uh, at the end of, of uh, chapter 19, uh, the, uh, Moses now uh, has gone up uh, and talked to God. Now he comes back and the people are all gathered. And you can imagine uh, they, are, they are listening to every word. Right, you know, we have this unbelievable scene. It says they're terrified because there's lightning and thunder and God is about to speak to them. And in chapter 20, it starts off and it says, and God spoke all of these words. Okay, that, that is vital for us to understand and believe. Uh, if, you, if you believe that the Ten Commandments were just a human creation, then eventually you are going to break the Ten Commandments and not care about it. <laughs> right? the, the Ten Commandments are given to us by God. Um, and that is vital for us to understand and to believe that these were directly from God's mouth to the people. They're directly from God's mouth to us today. Because if that were not the case, you can easily rationalize away breaking any of the Ten Commandments. Right? If, if they are created by humans, then they can be broken by humans. But they are not. They are created by God. And it begins, that you shall have no other gods before me. Right? So the, the first one, and, and, uh, and that is after God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, 
out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. So just a reiteration reminding the people that, hey, you were in Egypt. That was a land with many gods, but there is no other God before me. Who are you going to choose to put your allegiance to? Who are you going to choose to live for? You know, and, and today that's important for us to make that decision. As we think about the Ten Commandments, who is our God or what is our God? What motivates you and is the driving force behind the way you live your life? If it is not God the Creator, then you are actually putting another God before Him. If you are living for money, if you're living for comfort, if you're living for uh, uh, fame, if, if you are living just to provide for your family, uh, whatever, there can be good things that can be motivating you on how you live. But if any of those surpasses your belief and foundational understanding of God and Him calling you and, and being the motivating factor between, behind how you're living your life, you're breaking the first commandment, right? That we should have no other gods before Him. Sometimes we dismiss this one and say, "Ah, oh, well, I don't go to I don't I don't I don't go to another uh, uh, religion's worship services, or I don't you know I don't uh, worship another idol or things like that." Now, this is much bigger than that. It's what is it that is the motivational factor behind how you're living your life? If it is anything other than God. Uh, then we are elevating something above him, and we are to have no other gods before him. I'm going to go ahead and stop here because I want to really get into the Ten Commandments. Uh, The first part of the Ten Commandments uh, deal with our relationship to God, uh, and then it it transitions into our relationship with each other. Um, But but it it all starts with us believing. Is he truly the creator? Is he a God who is above all other gods, right? And I hope that you will make that decision today and that you will live your life in response to the God who has given us the Ten Commandments. We'll see you next on Thursday.